Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by Generation You Can. You Can delivers smarter energy powered by Super Starch. Their energy is smarter because it's steady and balanced without sugar or stimulants. And how do they do that? They do that with their revolutionary Super Starch, a patented natural cooked non-GMO food starch that provides a slow release of complex carbs to steady your blood sugar, keeping you fueled and feeling good. You guys, I just did a Facebook Live where we got to learn all about the nutrition behind Generation You Can. It's over on my Facebook page. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. I talked to Dr. Kathy Yeckel and she broke down the science behind this Super Starch and it was very interesting. You guys go check it out. This is the fuel source that I use when I am training for a marathon and it is proven to work great for sustained endurance and they're offering listeners of this show a 15% discount. So go check them out. Try them out. Generationyoucan.com slash discount slash another and use the promo code another to get 15% off your order. You guys, today you're listening to episode 148 and I'm talking with 2018 Boston Marathon champion, Des Linden. Des first came on the show back in December 2017. She was episode 97, and that was before the Boston Marathon. We talked about her hopes and dreams for that race, and look what happened. They came true. Des is gearing up to run the New York City Marathon in two days, so I am really excited to get this episode out right before the race. She shares what her training's been like, what it was like post-Boston, and what her dreams are for the future as well. I love talking to Des. She's so natural and easy and calm, cool, and collected. And um, just like last week's episode, you guys, with Emily Enfeld, this week's episode, I recorded with Des a week before this recording that you're about to hear, and I didn't record my end of the interview. So Des was so kind three weeks before the New York City Marathon to re-record with me. That's how nice she is, you guys. So I loved getting to know her a little bit better, and and I know you guys are gonna enjoy this conversation with Des. She is just, she's fun, and she's funny, and uh, she's a badass. So hopefully you can grab some inspiration from her if you are uh, listening to this pre-New York. Hey, and if you're running New York right now, or if you're running the Monumental Marathon right now, hello, I hope you're having a great race and I hope you're enjoying it. And um, all that hard work is paying off. Best of luck, everybody who is running those races this weekend. And I mentioned if you're running it because I know a couple people save podcasts for the actual race itself. So best of luck, everybody. Trust your training and uh, believe in yourself because the hard work is done. And today is the day to enjoy all the hard work that you've put in. One more sponsor and we're going to get this show rolling with Des Linden and that is BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers online counseling and therapy with licensed therapists from wherever you are and around your schedule. They have four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. It's affordable. It costs only $35 to $65 a week and financial aid is available. This is professional counseling with licensed therapists. It's secure in your Information stays confidential. And note that this is not a crisis line, but you can start communicating in under 24 hours. This service is a great way to make sure you're taking care of your mental health in a world where everybody seems to be running from place to place. It's easy to put that on the back burner, but it's important not to do that. So if you'd like to try it out, you can try it out for free for your first week and you just go to betterhelp.com slash another to get started. Links to that will be in the show notes, lindsayhine.com. All right, guys, enjoy my conversation with 
Des Linden. All right, today on the show, we have one, the nicest human on the planet, but two, the 2018 Boston Marathon champion, Des Linden. Welcome back to the show, Des. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So let's just go ahead and tell everybody that I um, didn't record my end of the interview, and we've done this. We did this a week ago, two weeks ago. But I feel like a lot's happened since then, so this is um, a good time to get caught up. I love that. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, man, when I realized I lost the interview, um, you know, I texted my husband. I'm like, I don't know what to do. She's got New York in three weeks. Josh is going to hate me. I've already emailed him like 93 times after Boston to try to line this up. And now I lost it after we finally got it down. It was really good. I, I was like, I'm, I'm bummed. Um, but also we, we went back and forth and you were like, I'm in the closet recording this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's for sure. She was somewhere different. And so that goofed it up. So you were accommodating my time and um, I, it happens. You're so, so. great. Um, well, let's get right into it. What have you been up to? What have you been up to the last two weeks? But really, what have you been up to since you won the Boston Marathon? Yeah, um, well, going way back, I've done a bunch of celebrating Boston and um, appearance type things. And then uh, turned the page in June from that to really diving into training again and getting fit for a New York City Marathon um, and putting that apparent stuff a little on the back burner, but also trying to take advantage of opportunities that have come up. So right now has been training really hard and then squeezing in travel. Um, and most recently I just got back from Dallas over the weekend, uh, and then put in a good long run over the weekend. And, and now we're here. What were you doing in Dallas? Uh, Brinks security 5k brought me out for just their company fun run and a local run. Um, and I just got to hang out and meet some really great runners in Dallas and, um, got to suffer through a really bad storm. <laughs> yeah. Did you race a 5k in the storm? I just ran it. Um, Oh, you weren't racing. I high five some people and yeah, it was more like just hang out with runners. So. Okay. So what did you run it in if you were hanging out high fiving? Um, I want to say it was like 22 minutes. Oh, I got okay. out. I got out in about like 7:30 something, and people were just blowing by me. And then I caught a lot of them on the way back. <laughs> yeah, you were definitely just hanging out then. Did they know who? Do the people know who you were that were blown by you? You think? For sure. I mean, people were, you know, high fiving, and they were like, "I'm gonna beat you." <laughs> Did you Today's run it with anybody? Uh, there was a, a young girl. Uh, I think she was in the like 10 to 14 age group and she was hammering. So I was like, I'll run with you and, um, and help you out. And she was pretty geeked at the end. So that was fun. Oh, that's, that'll be like, she'll remember that forever. I hope so. So you did a whirlwind of media interviews. I mean, you were on the today show, you were everywhere. And so my question there is like, what was that like going from everybody in the running community knows who you are, but like, everybody knows who you are now you're really thrown into the spotlight <laughs> yeah uh I don't think anyone signs up for that if you're a runner like oh, I hope I am noticed by all these people um but it was it was fun to celebrate our sport in that spotlight um and having this really cool moment to talk about also to kind of come on the heels of what Meb's done and what Shalane's done or did in, in New York, um, made it a little bit easier, but to be able to have <clears throat> running in that race, uh, be celebrated 
on a bigger scale was pretty cool. So um, it's not what I love to do, but I was happy to do it. I like that you bring up Meb. I had the opportunity to interview him on a panel when he was here, like um, in Indianapolis, a couple weeks after Boston. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I have to bring up Boston because it was such an iconic year. And, um, you know, he was running like three hour pace or something like that. Um, and he mentioned how cool it was that he was, you know, he was back there running and how, how cool it was to hear and know that you won the race. So isn't that so fun to think of Meb Kaflesky at, you know, running three hour pace, um, celebrating your victory in the middle of that storm? Yeah. I mean, probably one of the coolest things about the race was people coming up with the, like, I was here when I heard, or Mm. this is where I was when, um, but obviously Meb having that story is a little more special too. Cause (laughs) I, I did the same thing to him. I was like, I ran from, you know, the finish line to the media area so that I could catch the end of your race because you were going to win and I wanted to see it. And, you know, it was like the first thing you tell someone, like, Meb, when you won, I was here. So it was cool to have that reciprocated. Yeah. I think that my favorite interview I listened to after Boston with you was the Finding Mastery podcast, and we talked about this before, but... um you were on, well, you were on Rich Roll, which is a huge deal too, but you were on Finding Mastery with Michael Gervais and you straight up signed up for therapy when you went on that show. (laughs) I did. I just didn't realize that's what I had signed up for. And about maybe two hours before Rich Roll gave me the rundown, he was like, this guy's going to dig deep and just really expose things you never (laughs) realized you were going to talk about for everyone. Um, and he did. <laughs> yeah. I was nervous for you. I mean, because at, at any point in that conversation, I was like, what next is he going to ask her? And is she going to say, I don't feel comfortable going there? You know, was your sister in the interview with you? She was in the room and Josh was in the room. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So that also makes it a little bit, even though you know, like thousands upon thousands of people will listen to it. Having like your soul tapped into so deeply with other people in the room had to be a little bit intimidating. Yeah. Yes. And no, like my sister knows everything about me. Um, and she's a therapist. So she's like in there like studying. She's like, Oh, I know what technique he was using. I'm like, don't talk to me about that. Um, (laughs) and then Josh and I just, we know each other super well. So it's like, we've had all the stories and he's like, yeah, we, we talk about our dads all the time. Um, and things like that. So it's like, what's your daddy issue? <laughs> so, it was like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't feel, it felt like a safe space with those three, but I'm like, also I'm recording this. This is going to be put out for the world. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure his show has a massive following. So I'm actually, I started listening to it after that. I had never heard of it before. And now I've listened to a few episodes with like, you know, an Olympic gold medalist swimmer and just all these different athletes. And, um, he's really good. He's really good at digging deep, but I wanted to ask you about Josh, though, because, man, so I've I've worked with him quite a few times over email now, <laughs> and he just seems like a great guy. So talk to me about your relationship with him. And I know you've talked about how, you know, he was at the finish line at Boston um, mm-hmm. and how that was super special. So tell us about Josh. Yeah, um, I got introduced to him in 2011 after I was second in Boston, and I felt like you know, this is a really great opportunity to maybe get a little more support with sponsors. Um, and 
I didn't, I mean, my Brooks thing was set with the Hansons and, you know, I didn't want to mess with that, but this was, there was this guy who was, um, doing a good job representing himself and didn't have a full list of clients to help out. And so, you know, I reached out to him and was like, can you help me with some of this, uh, supplemental stuff in the meantime? And, and he was like, yeah, I, ha- I have the time for it. Um, and that's kind of how I got started working with him. And then it's obviously evolved since then. And, um, you know, I, when it, it's all said and done, I was one of his very first clients. So he's oh, invested cool. a lot of time in me and I feel like he works really hard for me. So, um, we've been working together for quite a few years now and he's gone through all the ups and downs, you know, going into London with the stress fracture and, um, all of that stuff. Uh, he's kind of watched and been someone who's helped me out through it. So yeah, we're pretty, pretty tight. And for everybody listening, that's Josh Cox. We're talking about does Des, agent. So I wasn't sure if I mentioned that before. Um, I love that. Well, and, and he's, he's a nice guy. And I actually just interviewed another one of his athletes, Scott Fobble the other day. So, nice. um, yeah, it sounds like he's got a pretty awesome group of athletes. Now, when we last talked, not, not this last time, but <laughs> when we talked in December, 2017, um, you were announcing that you were running Boston and I listened back and your exact words were, I think it's going to be a pretty special day. Um, I mean, it's like, and then, you know, after you won, I had a bunch of people like, uh, throwing up posts on social media and stuff that I, that I saw saying like, Oh, I listened back to her interview, um, on Lindsay's show. And like, it almost sounded prophetic in the way that you were kind of like claiming, you know, how special it was going to be. So, I mean, that was, was that the day, was that the day you were envisioning? Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe less awful (laughs) conditions, but I think anytime you sign up for one of these majors and you do the work and you're really hopeful going in, um, you hope for that special day and there's no guarantee. That's what's super hard about our sport is everyone works really hard. Everyone's, um, most people are really nice people and you can do everything right and really not get the reward. So a special day is going out and just utilizing your fitness to the best I mean, as best as you can. And so um, I got lucky to have it all work out my way. And that was certainly the special you hope for. But um, I also recognize that it, that's not a guarantee, you know, so. Yeah. And you learn you learn something from every marathon. I mean, obviously, what did you run in Boston? Was it like a 240, 239? Yeah, I think it was just under 240, maybe. You cracked 240. Yes, uh, <laughs> I leaned at the tape. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody knows, and you've, you've over-talked it over and over again. Everybody knows about the day and um, how wild it was. But uh, I find that you learn something from every marathon. And so my question is, what did you learn from Boston this year? I think it was kind of a reiteration of old lessons and just not – overthinking beyond the moment you're in because there was a lot of times where I was like this isn't going to go well this doesn't feel great there's no way I can make it to the finish Um, and once I stopped thinking about how much was left and just being like let's just do this thing right now like pay attention to this mile or um, you know I was very fortunate that my helping Shalane actually made me feel better because I stopped thinking about what was left Um, I think that was really kind of something I needed to get drilled into my head once more, just, you know, moving forward, like, don't, 
decide how the rest of the race is going to go based on how you feel right now. Just focus on now. Yeah, that's really good. And marathoners, we, we can do that. And it's like the thing we tell ourselves over and over again, it's like, stay in the mile, stay in the mile. But, um, do you, is that, so are you saying you think that focusing on her for a minute in that, you know, time period when she went to the bathroom and all that, and you were going to kind of, um, slow up the pack if you could, you, do you think that taking that focus off yourself, that's what kind of, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it definitely turned things around for me because as I was helping her, I wasn't worried about how I felt. It was like, what can I do to get her back to the group? And, you know, I got back to the group and I was like, wow, I, I don't feel horrible. That was actually pretty helpful. I think, and honestly, I think it probably just warmed me up a little bit too. Yeah. Um, so it was very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you didn't, cause the deal is, and everybody knows if you didn't win that day, obviously you wanted another American to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked about this before as well, you know, like after New York, when Shalane, you know, tweeted you like your turn next. And then it's like, <laughs> another prophetic thing that happened like okay well there she just claimed it for you and there you went and did it um and now you're both going to run new york um is that hard though to gear up for another major marathon so soon after this like career defining victory in boston i thought it would be actually i was like i don't know if i'm ready to jump in to the next thing like it has to be something i really want like i have to be really motivated for it um but as soon as like I kind of got through all the media stuff, it was like I, I really just want to be back running and testing myself and pushing myself. And the place to match up against the best is in New York. And and so once I signed up and it was announced, I was like, all right, this is this is what I do. This is what I love. And it's been pretty easy to prepare for it. Kind of feels like that. This is home for you. Yeah, it's the it's the comfort zone in a really weird way. Like, <laughs> Nothing's comfortable, but that's where <laughs> I, I feel the best. <laughs> the pain of training for a marathon really hard is comfortable. Yeah, it's a little twisted. <laughs> um, you know, when we talk about these major marathons, uh, it seems to me like the big names are choosing Boston and New York over Chicago. I mean, I know we had some big names in Chicago, but um, in Chicago, you run Chicago to get a really fast time and hopefully place well, too. But you guys, correct me if I'm wrong. But it seems like Boston and New York are like the pinnacles. Like that's what everybody wants to do. Yeah, I think there's a time in your career for everything. Okay. You know, I, I think there's a point where you're like, okay, I just want to learn how to cover 26.2. I want to try and go fast. I want to get a PR. Um, I think if you're really good at that, Chicago is your spot. Like I think Amy and Jordan were great fits for Chicago because – they ran, you know, super fast times and they're knocking at the door of the American record. And then suddenly that puts you in the conversation for a win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Amy's gone to New York and Boston and maybe wasn't great on those courses. So it's kind of knowing your strength. Um, you know, I think a lot of people learn on the flat course and then go, I want to mix it up in these bigger races that are more about competing versus hitting a time. So it's, I think there's a time and a career for both. Yeah, you ran Chicago. What year did you run that? The one where you beat your husband? <laughs> that, that was in 2010, I think. So is that kind of like, are you a Boston, New York girl until the end now? I don't want to commit to anything too soon. <laughs> we can't um, announce but, these things this yeah. soon. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I think strength yeah. oriented 
courses favor me. So yeah, I definitely really like my chances at those ones better than a um, Chicago or a Berlin. Yeah. Per se. Well, we know you want to win New York. You don't win Boston and then go on to New York and say, maybe I want to win. You want to win New York. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's not a, I'm not going to just have fun. Like, yeah. I hope I have a fun time. I mean, I, ho- I hope I have fun, but winning's fun. I hope I crack 230. No, you're like, you're going to win. Um, so we all know you have a co- you've had a coaching change as well. Um, you're with Hanson's team for over a decade. Was it 13 years? 13 years. Yeah. Um, and I love when you guys kind of parted ways this tweet they put out. Um, saying that you're a two-time Olympian, a Boston Marathon champion, one of the best Americans ever, and you don't really need development anymore. You've definitely arrived. And so um, you've chosen to go with a new coach for this, and seeing as how you won Boston this year, do you feel like you can take some more risks now? Is that kind of part of what's playing into this? Yeah, definitely. Um, We had a great 13-year run, and I feel like you know I did really develop their – um, in that system, but I, I feel like there's more too. And I think, um, sometimes you kind of have to do get out, you have to get out of the comfort zone a little bit in order to see if there's just a little bit more in the tank. You got to take some risks and some chances. And, um, yeah, so I'm now working with Walt Drenth, my college coach, and we're focusing on some things that I haven't really worked on in a long time. So I, I think the way I looked at it, I tapped out all my t- potential in that system and we just hit the pinnacle of the sport winning Boston fantastic and now I want to see if there's a little bit more that I can pull out of myself and it's time to you know test it myself in a different way so um, it's been a fun move and I think um, hopefully we'll see the change in in the race and I can race a little bit differently than ever before because we've worked on some things that will allow me to um, tackle the race different tactically. Are you allowed to talk about those tactics? I mean, there's um, not tactics in play yet, but I think that I'll have a little bit of, well, a little bit more leg turnover and ability to adjust to paces throughout the race. Okay. Um, I don't think you cover every move. I think there's still like the most efficient way to get from A to B is, you know, to run – right at your max, um, and smart, even pacing and try to negative split. But I think I'll have the turnover to cover the move, you know, when someone makes the big move in the race, like I think I'll have the turnover to respond and then go back into racing where I need to be versus completely getting dropped and hoping everyone comes back. (laughs) Are you, so so you're, are you doing like shorter, faster stuff then? Yeah, definitely a lot more turnover. Like I, my, we're working on some speed stuff. Um, early in this segment, I had a workout that was three hundreds, five hundreds, and four hundreds on the track. I was like, oh, this is new. Three <laughs> hundreds, <laughs> so, yeah, that's so so short. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it um, yeah. Do you envision that? So you know, like when you won Boston, it was like such a weird crazy day just like the rain the torrential downpour um and hopefully you know the weather in New York will be much different and that finish line the New York finish line is different than the Boston finish line so when you're doing these like mental preparations for the race are you envisioning that yeah I mean I picture Central Park quite a bit and then when you head outside of the park on 
um, I think it's Center Park South, and then you drop back in to do that last stretch and into the finish line area there. Um, I I could describe all of that with my eyes closed and yeah, so it's it's running through my mind a lot um, during workouts. And who, so you've got Shalane, you've got uh, Molly. Is Molly still running? Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. So you've got Shalane and Molly, Steph, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, who are the other Americans towing the line with you? Um, Allie Kiefer will be there. Oh, yeah, Allie Kiefer, duh. Yeah. And Roberta Groner. Oh, Roberta. Yeah. Great run in Philly. Um, I love that you're giving Roberta a shout out. She's going to be tickled. She was just on this <laughs> podcast a few weeks ago. She's going to love that. Yeah. I, I try to keep up with the who's who and she's definitely, uh, worth a name worth knowing. Yeah, she got third next to you and Kellen in, in Philly. That was pretty awesome. She had a great run. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think Sally Kipiego was in the field and just recently had to back out. Um, that's the American side. I'm sure I'm missing someone, and they'll probably be very upset with me. But <laughs> they what, can take they, it out on me on, on race day. <laughs> yeah, they can chase you down in Central Park if they want. Right. They, can try, they can try to, but it's going to be tough with the speed workouts <laughs> you've been doing. That's right. Isn't that cool to see someone like Roberta who's like, she works full time. She has three kids. She is 40. I mean, as a professional athlete who's dedicated your life to this sport, um, is that crazy to see someone like her running so fast? It's awesome. I mean, it's just you look at it and you're like, this person really loves competing and they love training and you have all these things in your day and what's the first thing that you get rid of if you're busy, like not probably not your kids or your job. <laughs> so it's like, she's probably just really loves the sport. And I think that's, that's awesome. And especially when you get the result, the, the reward for it. Yeah. So when we first recorded the interview, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mentioned how, uh, you were probably never going to really be considered an underdog again because you won the Boston Marathon. But you kind of said, well, I don't know. I feel like I'll always kind of be the underdog in some way. And so tell everybody, the listeners, like what you mean by that. Yeah, I think um, people love track times and potential and, um, you know, this should convert to that in the marathon. I think that's fun for people to look at. And when you just have marathon times, they're like, well, you're that good. And, um, you know, there's a reason why they could count Boston as not being that impressive. I mean, I, I would disagree with it, but I, I get it. The weather was crazy, um, and 2.39 is not usually a Boston winning time. Um, so I, I think there's always a hot up-and-comer that's going to be considered a favorite over me um, in my eyes. But I also think putting myself in that underdog role keeps me getting out the door and um, – trying to prove myself. Yeah. Do you, so you talk about the up and comers and, um, not that Amy Craig's an up and comer. She's been running for a while, but, um, man, it sucks that her and both her and Jordan had to pull out of Chicago due to injury. Um, you don't seem to get injury injured very much. What do you don't talk? Don't talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? No, (laughs) I don't believe in jinxes or curses. Do you? No. Okay. Good. I don't. Why do you think you don't, don't get injured? Um, that's a good question. I I think maybe my form is lends itself to 
I don't know. Actually, that doesn't make sense either. <laughs> we just don't know. Yeah, it's listening to my body. Like, I'm not afraid of, like, okay, I feel like I might be on an edge here. I'm going to take some time off. Or, um, you know, I try to do all the little things with massage and getting down to PT. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a bad answer. <laughs> to TLC to your body and listening to it. I'll take that as the answer. There we go. All right, guys, I want to tell you about the Donna Marathon. I went to this race for the first time last year and absolutely fell in love with not only the race, but the organization as well. This coming year, 2019, the race is February 10th, and I can't wait to get back down there, you guys. I have also decided this year to fundraise for the Donna Marathon. The Donna Foundation supports breast cancer research and also supports people living with the disease. I was able to attend their Mayo Clinic dinner last year and really learned a lot about what they're doing and just the heart behind it. And Donna Deegan, if you haven't listened to that episode of my podcast, go back and listen to my episode with Donna Deegan, episode 92. She's a three-time breast cancer survivor and she is the founder of this awesome race and I just believe in it wholeheartedly. So I've signed up to commit to raising $10,000 for the Donna Foundation. And I would love it if you guys would help me out there. I'm going to put the link to my fundraising page over on the show notes at lindsayhine.com. And if you guys want to come run with me, that's another way you can support the race and the foundation. Come join me on February 10th. You can use the code lindsay15 to get 15% off any of the events they have that weekend. And they have a new course this year. So it is flat and fast. They eliminated the big bridge that's at the end of the race. And it's just a beautiful, awesome event. I'm also going to be at the shakeout run that they do Friday before the race, two days before the race. And this year that's at the Sawgrass Marriott. And while you're down for the race, head over to St. Augustine, come a day early, stay a day late and enjoy their old world charm, flavorful dining and art and culture. It is such a beautiful little town and a great little escape. All right. And one more thing, uh, there are still tickets left, very few, but there are still a few tickets left to my live show next weekend in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, November 9th. I'm doing a live show there. I have three guests who I'll be interviewing that are all amazing. And we have these awesome swag bags that include so many goodies, including a pair of Gooder shades for every single person there. Um, tickets to that, that link will be in my show notes. I'm partnering up with Sarah Canny and the Rise Run Retreat. They're doing a race weekend meetup and we are having a party and doing a live show that Friday. So I hope that you can join us if you live in the area or you want to travel and get yourself a little getaway. It's just an hour outside of Boston. All right, guys, links to all that I mentioned there will be in the show notes, lindsayhine.com. Let's continue my conversation with Des Linden. Well, we hear the saying, don't let your highs be too high, your lows be too low. Um, and man, coming off of Boston, you got to let that high be pretty high for a while because you need to celebrate that victory. Uh, but when things kind of dwindle down, uh, and then, we, you know, we talk about big disappointments like not making it to the start line in London in 2012. Um, how do you kind of, when things are low and when things are high, how do you kind of equalize your life? Yeah, I think it's just putting a, like, hard stop on it. Um, like, disappointments, you should go ahead and be mad and get upset and try to figure out what went wrong, but also, you know, put an end to that quick, have short-term memory when it comes to disappointments. Um, and I think with big highs, you know, it's taking the time to figure out why 
you're there, how, how you got there. I think sometimes we celebrate a really great breakthrough or a win or whatever it may be, but we forget to look at like, to kind of analyze it. Like when things go right, you're just like, yeah, of course they would. Um, instead of being like, well, here's why. And let's look through all these different things, um, and learn from it. So I'm all for celebrating the highs a little bit longer. Uh, but I still think that you have to kind of put a stop to it and then figure out the why and then take that and move forward. So it's just putting a, a stop on, um, emotions and then going back to logic. <laughs> like, so after Boston, in order to get really training for New York, did you kind of have to calm that down a little bit in yourself? I mean, you're not the kind of person that's out there celebrating yourself in this big, big way, but you, you know, you were excited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I took a lot more time to kind of, um, celebrate it publicly and do the appearance things and, you know, share it with people. Um, cause I didn't feel like it was just me. It was like, this is our win. So I'm going to share it with as many people as I can. Um, and then once we, we kind of had a timeline on that and once that was done, it was like, all right, forward. Like this doesn't matter anymore. What's next? So tell me this, how do you define success in your life regardless of like the running thing or not? Just like, what's your definition of success? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think if I feel like I've put everything into it and, um, you know, got the most out of myself on the day or in the situation, that's, that's a victory. And then you can go back and learn and get better, um, whatever the task may be. But, you know, if I'm putting everything into it and not half-assing it, then I'm going to say that's a win. Yeah. Um, we're the same age. You're 35. I won't call you 37 this time. This is a good, this is a good, good. thing we read this. <laughs> this is a good start. Cause I called you, I, I made you older than you were. Um, but how long, how long do you think you can continue competing at the very highest level? Yeah, I think, um, I'm at like mile 22 of my career right now. So we have some tough miles ahead, but mm -hmm. they're going to make or break things here. Um, I don't know. I would love to get through 2021 20, and kind of reevaluate. I see that for sure going that long. Um, and then I, I think, I think I'll be a lifelong runner, but maybe after 2021, I'll kind of look to new challenges, more trails, potentially ultra, um, things where I can't compare myself to the past. Cause obviously at some point, yeah, you know, you're, you're not as good as you once were. So, um, new challenges I think will be important. But do you think you would ever sign up for like, um, you know, say you get into it and you're not comparing yourself to the past, but you're, you're like, you know, I could envision you being out in the woods, like really enjoying that experience, you know, doing like a 50 mile run. Uh, that being said, uh, you're competitive. You're just a competitive person. So you're probably going to want to run hard. Do you see yourself signing up for like a 50 mile you know, like a bigger race, like the North Face 50 or like trying to do Western States or something like that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Comrades is on my bucket list. Um, and the, the Chaminade runs uh, look really cool, but I'm not sure. I think 50K, I have to really get talking to something beyond that, but it could happen. I mean, you might as well do a 50 miler. 50K, I feel like 
What's your how it starts. <laughs> it's how it starts. But what's your longest training run for a marathon? You run in 26 miles? Just 20. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. That's what you do. Des Linden does 20 miles for her longest marathon training. That's right. Now, I now that's interesting because I, I hear a lot of elite runners run in like 26. So do you think that's outside of the norm or am I being guided wrong? No, I think that there's a lot that do the full distance or even over distance. Um, and it kind of goes back to the Hanson's philosophy a little bit, but we do high volume all the time. And so um, you don't necessarily need to go that long in the long run because the overall volume is, is pretty heavy. So you've never gone over 20 in a training run for a marathon? No, unless I got lost, but it was like 20, <laughs> 21 and then I shot up a flare and sat down. <laughs> and so uh, for New York, even though you've switched coaching, you're still not doing that? Still up just 20, yeah. Okay, I like that. I don't ever go over 20 myself, but I, I know a lot of people that do um, mm -hmm. like 22 as their long longest long run and then... I kind of assumed that all of you people winning major marathons were doing 26. No, I, I did. Um, this, I did 22 in my build up to the London Olympics. So, you know, maybe I just break down after 20. <laughs> you know, and hear that people, because I think a lot of people start training for a marathon and they're like, how am I going to race 26 miles when my longest run is only 20 miles? Now, they're not running the volume that you're running, obviously, because that's just not life for, you know, the average person. But give some give us some confidence on that, like how doing the proper training will lend to a successful race, even if your longest run is only 20 miles. Yeah, I think we get kind of tied up into the more, more, more. Um, and if you do the volume throughout the week, you go into these 20 mile long runs and it's may as well be starting at mile six and then doing the last 20 of your marathon. So if you're doing enough during the week, it should hold you through and you should be constantly, every long run is preparing for the last 20 miles, if that makes sense. Yeah. What's the last big workout you're going to do before New York? Like what will you do? The race is on a Sunday. So what will you do like that Wednesday or, you know, whatever your last, like, let's get my legs turning over day. Yeah, we'll do, I think I have um, maybe like three by three minute pickups or something like that. Okay. Um, I get my, my schedule in these like two week increments. So I'm just guessing. I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe he'll listen. No, no, no. I'm going to wait. <laughs> I'm going to put this out Friday before New York. So you better have the workout done by then. Right. When you say three by three minute pickups, though, are you saying like marathon pace pickups? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So you are now that you've won Boston, which, man, it's crazy because, you know, when I last interviewed you, you had that on your Twitter. I think it was like still chasing down the big W, you know? Mm -hmm. Did you take that off? I updated it, yeah. Okay, good. What did you update it to say? Um, twenty eighteen Boston Marathon champion, I think. Okay, I think that that's what I would put too <laughs> if I were you. Is that okay? <laughs> you could put like achieved the big W. Yeah. Um, but you know, like seeing as how you know you you win a race like that, you break an American record, those kind of big things, um, kind of put your name down in history as one of the legends of the sport. You know, with with Joni and Dina and 
What does that feel like? You're going to forever be one of those names. <laughs> That's really, I mean, it's cool to hear. I don't, I guess because I'm still in it, I don't even think about that um, or really quite believe it yet. But, <clears throat> I mean, I grew up as fans of those guys, like, you know, Shalane and Dina and Amy Craig and, I was, those were people I looked up to and was like, Oh, I wish I could meet them. Or like, it would be cool for them to, to get a picture with them or have them sign my shirt. Um, so I know how inspiring, inspiring they were to me. And I guess the idea of someone younger thinking about me in that role is, is pretty cool. Like, I hope that, you know, it's a reason someone buys a pair of shoes and gets out the door or, you know, dreams a little bit bigger. Um, that would be really neat. And even if it's one person that that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I was, um, now you don't have to think this way, but I'm just curious what your point of view is seeing as how you have won a major marathon now. Um, mm -hmm. I was recently listening to Lauren Fleshman on Mario Fraioli's podcast, mm -hmm. really good episode. Everybody go listen to it. And she was kind of saying how at one point in her career, she had to realize uh, that, you know, like making an Olympic team or doing something like that, like that wasn't happening. And like, she had to still know that her career and her impact on the sport was still, it didn't, it wasn't all meaningless because, mm -hmm. because she didn't do that one thing she really wanted to do. So if, you know, we're talking to someone who has got that win and who has done these things, like if none of that was recorded in the history books, Mm -hmm. How do you think you would process that in your life and, and consider your, your career success? Yeah. I mean, I, for me, it's always been about finding out how good I can be. Um, and not, you know, walking away going oh, what if, or I wish I had stayed around a little bit longer. Um, and I felt like pretty much every time I've lined up and crossed the finish line, it's been, like I've got everything out of myself so I could walk away, you know, I could have walked away last year, which I considered and been like, okay, I, uh, this was the best I could, could be. Um, and that's, you know, the story I'm leaving behind and I worked my butt off and, uh, put in the time and, and found out how good I could be. And you can't really measure up to anybody else. And that's the tricky part about major marathons and trying to get a win or making an Olympic team. It's, it's predicated on others where you can be really great and just not have that day. It doesn't mean you weren't a success. Well, and you've lived so much of your life giving all, so much of it to this career. Um, and, you know, you see kids that ran in college and then they move on. They're, they don't become professional athletes. But I would imagine that when it is time to hang it up, um, you know, figuring out, you know, so much of your identity is tied up in running, but you're also known for saying like, I'm not just a runner, but at the same time, that's going to be hard, right? When yeah. It's a huge, it'll be a huge transition. Yeah. Like what do you, this is a big part of my identity and like now what? Um, I don't like to think about it. It makes me nervous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, don't think about it then. Think about this. Um, okay. Well, I guess this is kind of thinking about it, but I was just going to say, you know, you're nowhere near done, but when you are, what do you want to be remembered for in the sport when you do hang it up? This is kind of related. I um, know. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I, but uh, I, I prefaced it with you're not anywhere near done. 
thank you. That helps. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just want to be looked at as someone who, I mean, worked really hard and just tried to get the most out of themselves and um, themselves. Uh, that would be enough. I don't know. I mean, it's not about accolades. It's just like you showed up every day and you did the job and um, I found my limits and then I pushed them and then I found them again. And yeah, I think that's what it's about for me. So if that's how I'm remembered, I'd be good with that. And since you're not anywhere near done, um, <laughs> tell me what you're going to be thinking at the start line of New York in just three weeks. Is it three weeks? Yeah. Three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks from yesterday. I'm going to be, I, I'm going to be nervous and excited, probably more nervous I've, than I've been for a marathon in a long time, just because I'm going in with a new system and, and change is scary. Mm -hmm. But um, I like the idea that it might lend to something I've never seen before. And so I'll be nervous, excited, and incredibly hopeful that um, this buildup is different and will yield different results in New York. Will you, what do you think about when you're there though? And like, you know, they do the TV thing and you raise your arm and, you know, everybody's <laughs> kind of watching. Like, what, like, what are you really, are you thinking about how hard it's, you're about to run or are you, um, you know, do you talk to the girls before at all? Like Shalane, do you guys chat at all? It's like the most awkward conversations ever because everyone's <laughs> like in the zone and sort of like, yeah, leave me alone. But also like, we're going to go battle right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, you're just kind of thinking about the first few miles of the race and what you need to get done and very task oriented. It's not uh, philosophical or mm -hmm. um, too deep at all. <laughs> you know, we talked about this with Boston with you and Shalane when she went to the bathroom and you've told that story 900 times. <laughs> um, but what is that? There's something about like working together. Is there something about working together with the Americans? You know, like if you see something going on and, you know, ultimately you want an American to win, is that, is there something to that? Or will you be working together on race day at all? Yeah, I think um, we all have different strengths. And so it's hard to really plan something that's great for all of us. Like, hey, let's, let's use this race tactic to try to shake things up and, away from the international field but if it works out where it's like clearly you know Shalane and I want to push the pace and so we're up at the front we're probably going to just chat and figure out a way to make it a little easier on ourselves so if it lines up that you know one of us or a couple of us have the same race plan and it's sort of showing in our strategy um, I don't think anyone's opposed to working together at all I, I could see that happening but only if it makes sense for for people on the race day well, I have never spectated New York, and I'm so excited that I get to go this year, and I can, I can cheer for you guys. So I, I just really can't wait to see the competition. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a good one. The field is lights out, so it's a good year. Yeah, for sure. You know, we talk about you're obviously a very hardworking, talented runner, gifted, um, and you work for it. But what's something you struggle with in life that's not running related? Is, is there anything? I'm not a great bowler. Um, <laughs> that's all I can think of. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's the only thing she's not good at. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of things, but 
I feel like everything's up. You're, you can learn pretty much anything. So if I'm bad at it, I'm like, okay, well, let me figure this out instead of like, I'm just not doing that because I'm bad at it. What do you want to learn? Ooh, um, I, I really want to learn how to play guitar. Really? <laughs> yeah. Do you think that you'll do that when, I mean, when are you going to have time to dedicate that to that? I should like at any time. I really, there's, you know, when you're a pro runner, you just run and recover and it's actually an activity that you could probably recover pretty well from. <laughs> yeah. You could like decompress with it. Right. But then there's like really, this is so silly and I do this with everything though. Like, so you're hunched over the guitar and then all of a sudden your back's sore and you're like, yeah. Oh this was so dumb. I didn't think that this would be a thing that could hurt me. <laughs> don't, don't start now. Don't start. Yeah. Don't start three weeks before New York. Right. Nothing new. <laughs> What's something you're really good at outside of running? Um, I'm a fantastic relaxer. Yes. I, I can kill time like nobody's business. Um, I'm a big reader and I'm a music junkie. So I'm not really like, I'm not good at playing music, but I can listen to it all day. <laughs> yes, I love it. I always have my Alexa on music 24-7. We'll turn the mood around in the house if everybody's going crazy, for sure. Are um, you, a, are you a, live, a live music person? Like, what's the last concert you went to? Oh, the last concert I went to, I went to see Jason Isbell. Oh, okay. Do you know who that is? Nope, not at all. You should look him up. <laughs> I will. That was, that was the, oh, that's really nice. Yeah, you're like, oh. Him. Let me write that down. <laughs> you really should look him up, though. He's really good. Do you know who Sturgill Simpson is? Yes. Okay. He's not as, like, I don't want to call Sturgill a country singer, but he's not as country as Sturgill. Um, I think you would like him. Check him out. And and the 400 unit. Okay. Yep. Done. And he he writes his music, and you can just tell that he, like, everything he writes is a story of his life and it's really good and sometimes really deep. Um, I'm pretty sure he's Love in it. recovery. And so I think he's been sober for a long time now, but just, he's got a lot of yeah. raw lyrics. So I love it. Next time we talk, you'll have to tell me if you listened and if you liked. Yeah, that's like, I punched it into my Spotify. So Perfect. when we're done, when we're done here, I know what I'm doing. Love it. Um, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Um, I read The Sun, the Moon, and the Rolling Stones. Okay. So it was a bi biography of the Rolling Stones, and that was really good. Um, yeah. So that's not the most recent thing, but the best recently. Don't don't lie. Tell everybody the other book you've been reading, Gucci Mane. Well, I, no, I just finished the autobiography of Gucci Mane, which was also fantastic. A story with a lesson. What? Like... So when you told me that, I had no idea who he was. And then, Do you now? Yeah. Well, then it's okay. one of those things. Yeah. It's one of those things where like someone tells you something and you don't know and then you start seeing it everywhere, you know? Yeah. And so. Well, of course I <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. so we're, we've decided that in New York, I'm going to yell Gucci Mane if I see you on the course. So you'll know it's me yelling for you without having to look. You should do it three times in a row. Okay, three times in a row in case someone else does it. Yeah. Okay. That's the best way. Now Perfect. where now where will your husband be? Will he be in New York? He will. He's gonna serve some Linden and True coffee at an event th out there, I believe. Um, more details on that to be announced. And then for race day there's a family viewing area and they just kinda spoil everyone who's not racing. Um, so he'll stress eat during the race. <laughs> 
So yeah, because what's that like? If so, if you're going in for the win, we're just gonna say mm-hmm. you are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I noticed on the Chicago coverage when Mo Farah won, um, his wife was like right there, ready for the hug. So if they is it kind of thing where if they see you coming, they'll be like ushering him out to the finish line. Basically, um, I've been in like the family viewing area for Boston. Obviously, a year I didn't run, and they you know, they keep everyone there in case your family member wins. And then they take, you know, one or two people out in Boston. There's this little square on the ground and you, you can't move outside of that. And then like, okay, when she crosses, you can leave the square. (laughs) It was really intense. (laughs) So Ryan and Josh, did they have to share a square? Probably. (laughs) They had to get, they probably wanted to get, they probably wanted to get cozy though, because it was so cold. Right. That's why they were hugging, not because they were happy together. They were just stuck in the square. Body warmth. <laughs> right. Yeah. I actually spect. I don't know if I told you this. I did spectate Boston. So I did get to see you coming down Boylston and it was super special for all of us. And um, like you said, you know, this was your victory, but it was like a victory in the sport as well. And I remember getting updates. It was so accurate, man. Like every, every we knew you were four minutes up from the second place person. You did not know, but we knew. Yeah, no idea. I wish someone had told me. <laughs> yeah. You, so do you think, yeah, what would have gone on in your head if someone from the crowd would have been like, you're up by like over a half a mile? That's a big distance. Think, yeah, I don't think I would have even believed him. Yeah. Like as soon as you do that, you're like, oh, I'm a ding dong who lost it because... I thought I had a bigger lead than I did. <laughs> I'm telling you what. So we knew you were coming. I know we're back to Boston. Sorry, everybody. Um, I'm telling you what, though. We knew you were coming because we were tracking everybody. Like, so we stayed warm in the hotel gym and we were like working out, watching you guys on TV <laughs> suffer. <laughs> and, and the hotel was like right there at the finish. So then we just went out 20 minutes before we thought we'd see you. And... um I mean, I'm serious. After you came by and, you know, Yuki and all that, I was just like, who are all these people? What is going on? This is insane. It was a wild day. I mean, no one, like, if you had put all the lottery money ever on that, no one would have got it. No. Yeah. Just totally turned upside down, which was cool. I think that made that it it really interesting and, like, a little more exciting. Like, what's happening? Like, who? who are these people? I got to look it up and figure it out. And then you get excited about the future. Cause you're like, well, there's this whole layer of people that are really good that, you know, had a breakthrough. Yeah. I, so Krista Duchesne, who got third, I had interviewed her last December. And when I saw her come through, I, I was like, Krista Duchesne is in third place, you know, cause she was trying to, win the master's division, you know, like top three overall was just not in her head. Um, so it was, it was just so cool to see those, those people too. Um, cause I would say you said if anybody were betting money, they wouldn't win. I would say some, a lot of people had their money on you though. Right. Well, you had to do the trifecta. Yes. The trifecta. Scenario. I didn't, yeah. I didn't say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The trifecta for sure. And did you get to know those girls a little bit afterwards and everything? I did. I knew Krista from before. Um, great person. Just her story is incredible. Um, she's one of the toughest runners out there. I just remember hearing about her breaking her femur within like the last mile of her race and like, you know, like hopping in and 
having had a broken femur, I'm like, dude, I don't know how she did that. <laughs> um, I couldn't even stand. So I know she's obviously very tough and a mother of a couple children, and that's tough in itself. So um, certainly someone that is a great role model and um, awesome for the sport. And then Sarah Sellers, I've gotten to know um, at a few events, and she's she's an up-and-comer, and I think she's going to do really well in the sport if she um, can manage her situation, which is just unique. I mean, she's running her first or second marathon, and she is second in Boston. Um, so people are like, well, what's next? How do you top that? And, you know, she, she has to kind of find the balance of the expectations of the outsiders and, you know, what's best for her and her development. So, um, but I, I think she's super smart and I think she will manage that just fine. Yeah. Okay. Des, what are you most looking forward to after, after New York? Um, I hope to get a staycation. Honestly, I don't think it's going to happen, but in my mind, I'll have like two weeks, just stay at home and relax. Why don't you think it'll happen? I just have a bunch of stuff scheduled already. <laughs> like media stuff? Yeah. Oh, um, man. And, and I hope, honestly, I hope I win New York and they're like, sorry, no vacation for you ever again in your life. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that the media rounds and the media frenzy would be as big after New York after Boston as after Boston? That's a good question. Pro I don't. I don't know. I don't want to say no because I think that New York does a great job uh, organizing their event and I think that they would get the publicity for me. <laughs> totally. Do you do you find yourself getting I mean I know you you live you live in Michigan and you're not like mm -hmm. out prancing around the streets of Boston every day and things like that <laughs> but like do you feel like even in your own little hometown are you getting recognized more do you get stopped on the street? Yeah, we're a super small town, um, and so, like, initially it was, like, everybody, but now, I like, you know most of the people here, so yeah. now they're just like, oh, yeah, it's just them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just them. Yeah. How's the coffee business going? It's going well. Um, it's a lot of work, but it's been really fun, and um, we're super excited for Sarah True, who finished fourth at Ironman World Championships yesterday. Uh, so I think we'll have a meeting tomorrow and figure out if we're going to do something super special for that. Oh, um, fun. But it's been fun. There's just a lot of stuff to look forward to and the next being New York. And so there's a lot of events and r the coffee's coming around. It's really good. I was, I was kind of afraid that I would have to drink bad coffee for a long time <laughs> while they got it dialed. Um, but they, they've got it dialed pretty quickly. So this is good for me. <laughs> so do you just get to be like, I'm your master marketer because I won the Boston Marathon because <laughs> Ryan and Ben are doing the brewing. Uh, or is, is that right? Ryan and Ben are doing the brewing? The roasting. The roasting. Yes. The roasting. Um, and so you're I do the brewing, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> I do the brewing and the drinking, yes. And the drinking. That's what Sarah said. I interviewed her on the show, and she said she's <laughs> really good at tasting coffee. Yeah. But she said yeah. she designed like the plaid or she does. She did the design for the hats and stuff, right? Yeah. She does a lot of the art, which is amazing. And then, um, unfortunately I have a ton of experience in customer service. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll handle some of these things or like I give my advice or connect, um, the team with people that, you know, have run companies and can help out in all the different areas. So we all have our thing, but everyone works really hard. Yeah. All right, I'm going to let you go, but 
give us one last um, one last happy thought or for anybody running New York with you, what do you, what would you say to them? Oh, that's, um, I mean, it's, it's such a great race. I hope that the rest of your training goes well. This is, uh, I mean, you should be done by now if this comes out right before, but <laughs> you better be I, done. I hope, I hope it went well and I hope you're healthy, but really just, um, embrace the experience. It's, it's a fun course and there's a great atmosphere around there. And when you get to the finish line, no matter how hard it is, smile and celebrate because you completed a marathon and that's a huge deal. Yeah. All right, Des, I'm not going to lose this interview. Even if I do, I won't ask you to come back on again. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. All right. Good luck with the rest of your training and I will Gucci main it up on the sidelines. Love it. Okay. Have a good one. (laughs) You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Best of luck. If you're running the New York city marathon, or if you're running the beyond monumental marathon, I hope you all have great races and that you are confident in your training. As Dina Castor told us last year before these races, that was the episode that I released the Friday before monumental in New York city last year. Um, she said, when things get hard, she asks herself, um, how is she going to define herself in that moment? So ask yourself at mile 22 this weekend, when it hurts, how are you going to define yourself in that moment? You've worked so hard to get to where you are right now. And your race is when the hard work pays off. So enjoy it, embrace the pain and go do big things, guys. I'd love to connect with you guys over social media. You can find me on Instagram, lindsayhines 626 You can find me on Twitter, Lindsay Hine, and you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we have a group as well. Lots of good conversation that goes on over there in our Facebook group. People ask about race recommendations, training strategies. We talk about books we're reading, all kinds of great stuff. And you kind of get to know the community a little bit better over there. I'll put a link to join the group on the show notes. All right, guys, don't forget, check out Generation You Can. You can get a 15% discount over there if you use the code ANOTHER. And then if you want to register for the Donna Marathon, you can use the code Lindsay15 to get 15% off over there. All right, guys, uh, look for an episode from me coming out tomorrow. I'm doing a live show with Paula Ratcliffe with the New York Roadrunners at their run center. And I am going to post that show. That episode will go out Saturday after we record. So you're getting a bonus episode tomorrow. Woohoo! All right, guys, have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.